The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Boom! Today on wow. the lab report, we're going to talk some more about nutritional testing. Boom. Yeah, I nailed it. I nailed that wow. intro. Wow, you did. Good right timing. Excellent it. timing. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. You know, we can edit on the back end. We don't really have to worry about <laughs> you true. hitting the post. It's true. You know what I'm saying? I've got a story about boom and blood sugar. Those oh, no. two things don't seem like they, they go together, not. but they totally go together. Okay. All right. Boom. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Michael Chapman. Very excited today. Patty Divers. So I'm very excited. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How awesome. Awesome. Good to hear it, man. Oh, it's good to be here, right? Well, you've been sick for a couple of days. We're just glad you're health upright. Health is, when you are down and out, man, health seems amazing. We're you're just like, glad you're wow. here. Not only are you back about and feeling better, but you're screaming boom repeatedly. That's what it's like to, to feel right. not sick, right. you know? Um, good, good. Anyway, what are we doing? So today, this is a podcast, by the way. This is called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you to Genova Diagnostics. It's where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab, testing, integrative therapeutics, and the like. And if you accidentally found this podcast, welcome. Oops. But if you came back hey, on purpose, that's awesome. And thank you so much for all of your support. Do the likey, subscribey mm-hmm. stuff. Reach out, stars. Follow us. You know you like functional medicine. You know you like specialty lab testing. You know you like integrative therapeutics. If you like that stuff even more that you you need to just keep liking more of it, you can uh, send your feedback along to podcast at gdx.net. That's our email address. It is. And if you're a patient interested in getting Genova testing directly, head on over to connect.gdx.net. There we can get you in touch with some of the testing and or connect you with a Genova client to help guide your health care. Yeah. You can do that. That's uh, man, that's awesome. You can it just awesome. you can get your own nutrient testing. The stuff we're about to talk about in just a little bit. Well, tell me about the boom and the sugar. Oh, okay, so, so this is kind of funny. All right. Um, because you know I've been doing the keto thing for a while, and so a while back, like, like a month, month and a half mm-hmm. ago, I normally take my blood sugars finger stick, use the keto mojo in the morning. Okay. And Plugs. just to see where I'm at. There you go. And so there was one morning where my three-year-old son, he came out and I was like getting, I did the finger stick and I was waiting for the blood sugar results to come in or maybe it was the ketones, you know? And Mm -hmm. I I was Uh like, (laughs) the ketones were at like four and I go, boom. And uh, he was like, what dad, what? And he got all excited. I was like, I had a good number. And so now every time he sees me take my my blood sugar (laughs) or my ketones on that little thing, he'll look at the number. He doesn't know the numbers at all and what they mean, but he just goes, Boom! Right, Dad? And I'm like, that's right, buddy. That's adorable. So now, that's uh, there you go. <laughs> Finger stick, boom. Oh. So anyway, uh, what 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 are we doing here? Well, I, it seems as if you're on top of your nutrition these days, which is awesome. Am I? And last week we talked, you know, high level overview of who needs nutritional testing, which you said was basically anyone upright and breathing. And we refined it a bit, and we talked a little bit about the Metabolomics Plus, which is our non-invasive nutritional option that's available on Genova Connect or just to Genova clients. And we kind of just hit the high level, and then we promised we'd do a deeper dive today. Yeah. 
So that's one of the things about a test like this, and I think we're mostly going to be talking about the metabolomics, but it's very, very relevant to our other nutritional test, the NutriVal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's just so much you can get into with a test like this because, yes, like we talked about last time, it is a nutritional evaluation first and foremost. helps you determine what you might need to add a little bit more of to your diet um, or to your nutritional regimen. But then it also tells you about cellular health like we talked about last time. And so we, it'd be great to get into, you know, a little bit more of the nitty gritty detail. Um, and while it's front of my mind, um, you know, speaking of ketosis and metabolic health and blood sugars and all that sort of stuff, um, we actually are doing a really cool event here in about what, about a week, basically, yep. uh, with, um, some industry leaders in metabolic health and ketosis. So Dr. Dom Diagostino, Dr. Allison Hull, um, and Victoria Field, we're all going to be joining uh, forces <laughs> with the Metabolic <laughs> Health Summit to mm-hmm. do an event around this very topic. It's talking about the metabolomics test. It's talking about how to use it in metabolic health and overall assessments for metabolic health. So um, we'll, link to it this, sh- we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we can consider this a little bit kind of a lead into that. But, um, you know, just to give you some insight as far as not just what we're looking at as far as nutrition, but how to maximize it in metabolic health as well so well said and like i said we'll link to this in the show notes you don't want to miss this it is the industry leaders it's going to be fantastic i mean dumb dude friend friend of the show friend of the show and allison right new friend of the show and victoria awesome awesome people love them there's me too (laughs) well that being said like you said you're going to touch on the metabolomics somewhat through that program Mm -hmm. and last week we walked through the fact that the front page of the metabolomics has those functional pillars which is a way to show you how your nutrition underpins a lot of bodily functions we talked about the nutrient recommendations on page two which tell you kind of general suggestion on how much of these nutrients need based on the findings of the test. Then we talked about all the education that comes in the following pages to tell you where you can find these nutrients in your food instead of taking 65 supplements. But what we promised last time, Michael, is that we dive into the sections of the test that feed these nutrient recommendations. So where do you want to start? Yeah, 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 Patty. Well, I was just going to say, I was going to say, what? I was just question for you. Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite part to go over of a test like this with patients or or whatnot? When you're doing an interp with a physician or you're walking through with just an individual, yeah. what's your favorite part? When you get to the, you're like, all right, now <laughs> now we're getting to the meat. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Are you eating meat these days? I am eating okay. meat. We're and gonna, also okay. eating potatoes. But that being said, when I... <laughs> now first, let's get to the potatoes. <laughs> when I started, what part is the potatoes, Patty? When I started here at Genova... I was petrified of these pathway charts, like the Krebs cycle and fatty acid metabolism, but they're now my favorite parts of the test. And after you get through all of the patient education, the first thing that smacks you right in the face, strikes fear in the hearts of man, is the Krebs cycle. That's funny, because that was my favorite part when I started here, really? and now I'm like, meh. Nah, seriously? <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I wanted to be contrary in there. So talk about the Krebs cycle, Michael. Oh, the Krebs cycle. Okay, so, I mean, the cool thing about this, right, mm-hmm. is like if you have any sort of interest in machinery... Or how things work, physical systems, blah, blah, blah. This is like, it's like looking inside of a clock. Hmm. That's the way I think of it. It sort of looks that way too. It does. And so it's the fact that the way that this whole thing is linked together like gears um, is how your cell, which is like, you know, if you go back and and you think and you get in the microscope and you look under the microscope, you get all those little cells. Mm -hmm. Everything's made up of cells, right? Yep. How those cells have energy. Right. And so guess what? If your cells don't have energy, what happens to them? They die. Yeah. <laughs> the lights go out, right? But, but not only that, it talks about how your food becomes the energy in the cell. For That's sure. That's what this 
the little diagram shows. Right, right, right. And so really it's talking about how your foods, your fats, your carbs, your protein from dietary intake is ultimately processed and is it processed efficiently into energy? Are you getting the most out of your food from an energy perspective? Because, man, at the end of the day, E equals MC squared, right? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. What does that even mean? How is that related to cellular it's, health? I don't think it is. Okay. But I mean, anytime you can get a good e equals MC squared in there, throw it in. No, I mean energy is like that's kind the, of the deal. That's what yeah. I was. That's the joke there. All right, but, fair, uh, fair. But like, so what? So what? Like, so, what's that mean? I, I hear people being like, "So okay, nerd, what's that mean?" <laughs> so if you look at the diagram, that's right on the report. We show you how the macronutrients from your diet go down these little pathways through the cogwheel, as Michael says, through the clock, and we're measuring steps all through those pathways. And we call those steps organic acids, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we're looking to see where is there a backup? Where is there a problem? Because each step from one to the next requires various vitamins and minerals to get to that next step. So if there's a backup, boom, there might be a, a micronutrient missing there, like a B vitamin or like a zinc or magnesium. Yeah, and that's ultimately how the organic acids help to determine whether you need more of a certain nutrient. Um and that's super important. But also there are some organic acids that I think in and of themselves, all by themselves, have some clinical relevance. Sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just so, for example, there's a whole section called the vitamin markers on the test. Yeah. For the most part, I tend to think of those as mostly just telling us, do you need more of a certain nutrient? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but there's some other ones on here, like there's ketone bodies, the beta hydroxybutyric acid, which people measure when they're doing ketosis. And then they say, boom, boom. Or their son says, boom. Um, and then there's another one called alpha hydroxybutyric acid, which can tell you about sedentary lifestyle, detoxification status, um, and, and even alcohol intake, poor lifestyle factors basically is part of that. Um, there's neurotransmitter metabolites, which are breakdown products of neurotransmitters that can tell you like, are you stressed out? Do you need some help from epinephrine, norepinephrine? There's, there's something going on with your dopamine system, toxics, right? So like plastic, petrochemicals, styrofoams, things of that nature. Uh, and are you making glutathione and, and even oxalates? Are you getting too many oxalates in your diet? Are you likely to form kidney stones? So there's a whole bunch of these individual organic acids that that can tell you a ton about different problems that may arise, which ultimately, like we talked about last week, they help to tell you are there main problems in these pillars like toxic exposure and blah, 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 like we talked about again last sure, week. Sure, sure. But in general, these organic acids feed nutrient recommendations, yeah. like we said. So we're looking at these to tell are there steps that need some help and support? And that's what we call a functional assessment. And so that's where we're getting some of the nutrient needs on page two is by measuring all of these steps in biochemical pathways. Yeah. And I'll, a little teaser here too, um, you know, because these come from how you're metabolizing different aspects, those things can also change based on how your metabolism overall is going. We're going to talk a little bit about how these might look a different when somebody is metabolically healthy, when somebody's not metabolically healthy, and maybe when somebody's even in ketosis or things of that nature, metabolic flexibility, um, that's going to be part of the, the lecture too. What do these biomarkers, how do they change in uh, somebody who's metabolically fit or somebody who's in ketosis, yada, yada. Sign up for the metabolic health revolution. Well, that kind of brings us to the next section of the test, which are the amino acids. And how do you explain an amino acid, Michael? Uh, it's a, well, amino acids are one of the basic building blocks of all life. 
That's how I explain wow. it. Wow. I go way Profundity. back. Profundity. I go way back. Right? Before, like, basically when the Earth didn't have any life on it, and it was raining magma from space, and, like, volcanoes were exploding everywhere, and there was no ozone layer and all that sort of stuff, the first things that were made, you know what they were? Amino acids. Lies. I mean, we these are lies. No, that's true. Okay. That's absolutely true. And so that like their amino acids are incredible. So, um, and then they end up forming DNA. And then it, there's a long story after All right. that. All right, you just went way back on me. I know, but okay. that just goes to show amino acids. They come from protein, right? Mm-hmm. You eat protein. Protein is made up of amino acids. That's the definition of protein, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they do. They are like structure. They are like your cement and brick and mortar and and all those sort of things, but they also perform functions as well. They help build enzymes, um, and so you need them. Yeah. There's some essential ones, some non-essential ones, but you got to have them or you're going to have some problems. <laughs> but the essential ones are the ones that must come from your diet because your body can't make them. The non-essentials can be made in your body based on what you give them, and so when we look at the essentials and the non-essentials on the metabolomics, we kind of like these all to be somewhere in the green, right? We want to know that you're getting enough protein intake from your diet. We want to know that your GI tract can absorb your protein and that you have adequate levels of these essentials and non-essentials. But there are also other metabolites on this page, Michael. Yeah. Yep. There. Yep. There are. Um, Would you care to elaborate on that? Sorry. I was distracted. I was just looking over there. I think Travis is asleep. (laughs) How do we wake him up? He's got the air. I have no idea. This is soundproof glass. (laughs) Um, So I think we're going to have to wait it out. The... um, (laughs) So the amino acids, so this is part of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So like you said, the amino acids overall are kind of the high level of this page. You want to make sure you're getting enough protein because those are the building blocks. You want to have ample building blocks to maintain your system. But if you really want to get into the nitty gritty of amino acid metabolism, you can get some insight into some different things, such as are you breaking down and turning over nucleotides? Like that could be a little bit of a concern depending on the situation. Are you catabolic? Um, like excessively breaking down muscle tissue, we can get some insight into whether somebody might be catabolic uh, or not. And we can also, if somebody's having a lot of protein, are they adequately detoxifying it and eliminating it? Are they maybe overwhelming the system uh, Mm -hmm. based on the urea cycle? These are all some minor insights. We could even go further, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But like Travis is already asleep, so I'm a little (laughs) concerned. We're going to maybe wait for the questions to come in for those types of uh, Q&As, I guess. All right. All right. So amino acids, as you say, most important thing in life. And we talked about that page. I mean, I didn't say the most important thing in life. Beyond life. You you went to magma. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying historically as far as, you know, producing life. But, you know, there's things like joy and love and And happiness. Amino acids. Well, yeah. And as part of the metabolomics (laughs) Prime rib. (laughs) Not only to get organic acids and amino acids, but there's the option to add on a blood spot of essential and metabolic fatty acids, which is just a finger prick and blood spot card to tell you your various levels of essential and metabolic fatty acids. Yeah, and I think this is probably the the part of the test that is most easily translated for most people, right? Because if you're listening to this, you've probably at some point in your life, in your adulthood, heard about fish oil. 
mm-hmm. and it may be being a good thing for you. Uh, and t- heard about like fats, good, bad fats, trans fats, these sort of things. You've probably gotten that far at least. Or right? at least the Mediterranean diet or olive oil. You've probably heard some of these things. Right. And so when we're looking at the fatty acids, we're looking at the amount of omega-3s, 6, uh, the percentages, I should say. Not even, not really the amount, but like, are you getting more omega-6s than omega-3s or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. What's a, do you have a good balance between those things? Are you getting trans fats at a high percentage? You probably don't want that. Uh, are, are you likely to be having more inflammation or less inflammation based on what kind of fats you're eating? These are the sort of things we're getting from this test. And if you're on a fish oil, are you getting enough? You know, all that sort of stuff. So that part of it, I think, is a little less um, biochemical heavy and a little bit more straightforward from reflecting of what you're eating and taking. And I'll, say, I'll tell you that. One of my favorite biomarkers is on this page. Favorite biomarkers? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, hold on. I got I got just the thing. Here Uh-oh. we go. Let's do this, huh? You think you, you know? Think That's right. It's my favorite You think tingle. you know your biomarkers? You don't know. You totally don't know. <laughs> you don't know <laughs> your biomarkers. <laughs> so true. It's true. This is. This is. Better know biomarkers. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait what? a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've already done. What's the problem? We're, are you referring to the omega three index? Because we've already done better know a biomarker to the omega three index. Oh. Yeah, way back when when we did the fatty acid episode. Hmm. So maybe we should just check it. Just pick a different biomarker. That's fine. Yeah. Um. Well. Huh. I mean, there's lots on this page. I know. Why don't we do? Close uh, your eyes and just put your hand down. And boom. I got it. I got it. This is even okay. this, this is even better Impossible, than omega three. Okay, I'll let you go. DGLA, uh, gamolinolenic acid. That's a good one. I mean, not it's just it's fun to say. <laughs> Let's do it. Do it with me, audience. Ready? Dihomogamolinolenic acid. I, look how fun is that? It's easier right? to say DGLA. Let's just say that. That's how people know. You're probably right. Yeah. Um. So. Tell me a little bit about DGLA, your favorite biomarker on this is page. Is it my Patty. favorite? Or That's was this what your you favorite? said. That's what you said. Well, it all starts with linoleic acid. Sorry, linolenic acid, which is an essential omega-6 fatty acid that comes from your diet, right? That gets metabolized to gamma-linolenic acid, which then gets rapidly elongated to DGLA. Now, some people consider DGLA just a really important good guy. It's a good guy amongst the omega-6s because... It's a precursor to prostaglandin PGE1, which can inhibit platelets (laughs) and inflammation. Those are big words you just said there. (laughs) Anti-inflammatory. Okay. (laughs) So let me get this. Okay. I think one of the things that's crazy to me is that, right, we eat all this food and yet we have an essential Mm omega-6. There's part of me that that like I still hear that. I'm like, huh? You know what I mean? Because the omega-6s get such a bad rap. I, there's part of that, but it's like, oh, like we have, there's, you have to get some omega sixes. Like mm. you can't make it. Right. Um, and actually, DGLA is one of those as well. You cannot eat, it's the inverse. You can't eat DGLA. Correct. You it must be made. Uh huh. So you have to get some amount of linoleic acid, which is basically, it's in pretty much everything mm-hmm. uh, from a, from your seed oils to everything else, dairy fats, most fats is going to have some sort of, and you don't need a ton of it. No. Um, but from there, it all goes down this sort of chute to make different omega-6s. And so DGLA is actually one of the really, really good ones. When we think of omega-6s, we think of inflammation, right? Right. And that's because of the one right after DGLA, arachidonic acid. But before that, you've got this really important omega-6 
dihomo gamma-linolenic acid, DGLA. Um, and you can't, like I said, you can't eat it. You can't supplement with it. The closest you can get is GLA, mm-hmm. which is like the immediate thing right before it. Um, and you, that's why some people use evening primrose oil or borage oil, if you've heard of those things being used. That's the whole reason is to get more of this DGLA. So um, that's a crazy thing because like we talk about sometimes, omega-6s get a little bit of a bad rap. And I think that's one of the interesting things. But what, what what's more interesting, I would say, is how this turns into anti-inflammatory things. So tell me a little bit about the prostaglandin part of it, mm-hmm. the cycle oxygenase system, COX-2 mm-hmm. inhibitors. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Well, like we said earlier, it's associated with prostaglandin E1, which is uh, inhibits platelet aggrava- aggregation and inflammation. But... There is also some concern that if you boost your DGLA, it can then be converted to its pro-inflammatory metabolite arachidonic acid, which you had just mentioned is kind of the bad guy in the Mm -hmm. system. But the inflammatory arachidonic acid eicosanoids are dependent on DGLA since DGLA competes with arachidonic acid for COX and LOX. And so Mm -hmm. when you have enough DGLA or it's in excess, it inhibits the synthesis of those arachidonic acid eicosanoids because it has a higher affinity for those enzymes. Okay, so layman's terms. Mm -hmm. So when you take an NSAID, right, Mm -hmm. for the most part, we think about a lot of the action from an inflammation standpoint as being COX-2 inhibitors, meaning those things inhibit the, the, these COX molecules, the cyclooxygenase molecules that are made by arachidonic acid. Mm-hmm. And so you're telling me that the DGLA competes in a similar fashion with the production of COX and LOX, the yeah. cyclooxygenase yep. pathway. So it's almost like kind of an endogenous... Instead of sorts. You got it. Yeah, so it inhibits the synthesis of arachidonic acid. And it has a higher affinity for cox and lox. That's so it's crazy. Good stuff. Here's the craziest thing. All right. There is a major switch that determines whether omega sixes end up as DGLA or arachidonic acid, mm-hmm. and that switch is insulin. Wow. High levels of insulin are going to promote DGLA, the anti-inflammatory aspect, and turn it into a higher proportion of arachidonic acid to make. Cox and LOX, which is inflammatory. So, if going gonna, back to the beginning. So, if you're going to supplement with things that have DGLA in it, you need to make sure that someone doesn't have high levels of insulin or that they're not insulin resistant. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And that is a perfect teaser to metabolic, the metabolic health, health revolution. revolution, right? Because we're talking <laughs> about lowering insulin. We're talking right. about how to utilize these tests in the context of metabolic flexibility and how to become more insulin sensitive. Overall, join us. <laughs> Don't miss it. Right, we're bad at that, (laughs) man. We need to get some monster truck guy in here to be like (laughs) help announce some of these things. Okay, and I think we made this point last episode, and we're going to make it again today. We've been through several sections of of this report: the organic acids, the Krebs cycles, the amino acids, the fatty acids, all of which require various vitamins and minerals. And there's over 100 biomarkers on this test. So what we do is we take so many all of this information. So many biomarkers. We synthesize this into an algorithm, which shows up on page two, so that you don't have to know all about DGLA or COX and LOX. You don't have to know about the organic acids or the Krebs cycles. We synthesize all of that for you on the first couple pages of the Metabolomics Plus, so don't fret none, Virginia. But there is one last section of this report, and it has to do with urine elements. Uh... I won't fret and stop calling me Virginia. 
All right. But um, urine elements are one thing to keep in mind. So a thing to know about urine elements is it's urine, right? Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is urine reflects the last two to three days. It's not a super long window of time to be assessing some sort of toxicity. But at the end of the day, this is looking for exposure. It's not looking for body burden per se. Caveat to that, if you happen to be detoxing or for whatever reason, it's a particular Tuesday where your liver wants to work excessively hard at detoxifying, you might catch something of body burden. But overall, we're talking about exposure, okay? And so what we're going to get on this test is a lot of different toxics, um, things like lead, mercury, cadmium, antimony, and then a lot of things you probably wouldn't even think of, like gadolinium and various other heavy metals that you might potentially be exposed to. Um, and so that's helpful to know, like, how do I track down where I'm getting some of this? And um, if you want to save yourself some time, just, just it's fish. Stop eating fish. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I think important to note is that not only is this exposure, but exposure to a lot of toxic metals can affect your Krebs cycles and energy production. It can block a lot of those biochemical pathways. So not only is it bad it's an overall toxic burden, but it can actually can impact your cellular health. And to your point, when you see these things on your urine elements... Stop eating fish. First thing you do is you put on your detective hat and you go looking for the sources, which very commonly is fish. We're going to start there <laughs> no. because it's in water it's systems. It's a lot of other things. Yeah, it's sure. in a lot of things. It's like water systems. It's in the air. It's, in, it's, it's toothpaste. Tap water. Toothpaste. Deodorant. Yes. Oh, man. So you have to put on your detective hat and go looking and clearly remove the exposure and do your best to help with antioxidants. Put on your tinfoil hat, more likely. <laughs> so <laughs> it's freaking out, right? We it talked does. about exposures. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's everywhere. Expose them. So, yeah, I mean, that's there's so much on this test. There's yep. so much. And um, I mean, that's still we just went 25 minutes on it and it's still cursory. Right. Like there's so Very much to get into. Sure. Um, sure. And, and, you know, if you want to know more, you want to learn more. There's a ton of resources on our website. There's a support guide. There's a bunch of videos. We do lots of events. Um like the one I've been mentioning. The Metabolic and Health Revolution. I'll also say we've done tons of podcast episodes. We would break down one or two biomarkers on this test, just small sections into a whole podcast episode. So if you're interested in this and this has piqued your interest and you love to geek out on biochemistry, go back looking through some of our episodes and you'll see we cover a lot of these little small little sections. No doubt. No doubt. So um, boom, there it is. <laughs> right. On to the next one. Next time on The Lab Report, what's the deal with MCT oil? I don't know, but you put it in your coffee every morning. It makes it really messy on the countertop. No, I don't even know what the deal is with it. Just it's coconut, man. <laughs> it tastes great. We'll figure it out. I hope it's good You've for been me. listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. I kind of feel like you need to look up your astrology, Michael, because there's a whole lot of planetary activity happening in oh March boy. 2023. They're saying this is huge, like so many planets in motion. Those planets are up to no good is what you're telling me. No, it could be good. It could be great. It could be the mean? beginning okay. of the next 20 years of your life is what they're saying. 20 years? It could affect the next 20 years of because your life. Because of the solar system? Yes. What's going on? Well, Saturn's on the move. Mars is finally on the, on the move out of Gemini. Then Neptune and Pluto are both moving, and they're saying that some of these like effects of these planetary motions will last the next 20 years, some just the next three, but either Patty, way. Newsflash, Pluto's not a planet. But I don't even know why I'm telling you this because yeah, you right. don't believe in any of this. 
No, that's not true. I I do believe in in energies and the mm-hmm. and the energies and, and things of that nature. Um, I also believe that humans are historically terrible at understanding complex systems yeah. and analyzing them. I can't even so, argue that. That's so true. So I think our our ability to, or at least our thinking that we can understand these energies in any sort uh-huh. of real concrete way is probably very minimal at best. It's kind of like trying to understand Gary Busey. That's exactly right. 